Before we jump into today's conversation, let's take a moment to acknowledge our amazing sponsor, the Academy of Therapy Wisdom. Oh my gosh, we love this platform. They're the place I go now for all my CEUs. Stay tuned for a special offer at the end of the show. Please join us for our next live online workshop, Integrating Mind and Heart, April 3rd through 6th of 2024. This is an experiential, active workshop designed to engage you in brain states that promote relational learning. If you want to get closer, say the things that usually go unspoken and trust each other and yourself. To get through the hard moments, this is the workshop for you. Go to whydoesmypartner.com to learn more and register. Welcome to the Why Doesn't My Partner podcast. I'm Jules. I'm Vicki. And I'm Rebecca. We're your hosts. We're also couples therapists and messy humans bumbling through our own relationships every day. We met through our training and practice of relational life therapy. Between us, we have more than 40 years of experience holding hard relational questions with our clients. We're going to bring those questions here. And together, we're going to take a stab at answering those questions. This podcast is not a substitute for therapy. If something you hear in this episode stirs something deep within you about your relationship, reach out to a couples therapist in your area. We also love to hear your questions. So don't forget to go over to whydoesmypartner.com and leave us a question of your own. Here's today's question. Why does my partner's past bother me? We have a good one today. Why does my partner's past bother me? There are layers in this question. There are. I think maybe it would be helpful for us to unblend some of the layers. Right. Well, first, I think the first layer is that, and this is kind of a universal one to me. Why does my partner's past bother me? There's nothing about my partner's past if it's truly past right? If that's really the question, if it's truly past, there's nothing about it that's actually happening right now. So the only reason it's bothering you is because of the story you're telling yourself about it. Yes. So you, there's not a question that you, if it's bothering you, you are telling yourself a very particular kind of story about it. But what kind of story? What kind so, of story? Like yes. what one kind of story I can think of is you're telling your story, yourself a story about comparison. Mm-hmm. So that like you're, you're com- comparing. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, you're comparing yourself to perhaps a past partner of your yes. partner's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yep. if you're comparing yourself and disturbed, it's likely because you're feeling less than and that you and or that you don't compare. And that's an insecurity. Right. And it could even be that you grew up with a parent who compares mm-hmm. or around a lot of friends who compared a lot. Mm-hmm. So it may just be that you, it, this is habitual and you learned it. Um, I love that quote from Theodore Roosevelt. He said, comparison is the thief of joy. Mm-hmm. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. So... <laughs> Uh, and social media certainly has loaded us up with lots of that. So we live in a culture, I think, that is pretty comparison heavy. Yeah. And so I'm not surprised when people tell themselves stories about that. And I get this little like, I don't know, it's an achy feeling right at the edge of my heart as it touches my sternum about it, really. Because I think that there's um, so much beauty 
in the diversity of our world and there's beauty in how you're different Mm -hmm. from people your partner was with in the past and there's beauty in how you're the same and there's beauty in you and don't forget that in the face of comparison. Well said, Jules. That was so beautifully said. I'm thinking a little into this more in addition to what you're talking about here. I'm thinking about the piece you mentioned about our society and just how much we're all conditioned to assimilate into this kind of same. Same as. Well, it it is and it isn't, right? It's Mm -hmm. like we're not really getting to the place where like we're all worthy right we're getting to the right health. so it's mm-hmm. it's not same as in a healthy way a but it's like way. you know i need to straighten my hair and get my skin yes. to look a certain way and flatten my belly and that kind gain of these great ass. big muscles mm-hmm. and have a certain car and like that kind of right yeah. and all mm-hmm. this external stuff that that really just kind of contributes to my looking at myself and and having this like inner critique all the time. Mm-hmm. And again, feeling less than like the word that I said earlier, the insecurity, just feeling the less than mm-hmm. the, um, I don't measure up. That's more than one word. That's probably why I was stumped, but it is. <laughs> it's, it's, I the, love that phrase. Yeah. <laughs> And so the comparison is me, Rebecca, with all those examples you just gave, like, and yet here's yet another way that I don't measure up. And here's another yeah. way that I don't measure up. And um, what at the beginning, you guys had said too, the different layers of this question. It's so interesting to me. I'm outing myself, honestly, that when I heard this question, why is my partner's past bother me? My mind only went into one direction, which was past partners and those relationships. sexual as in sexual and relationships. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of other things in someone's past that may be at play when we talk yeah. about the layers. So yeah. maybe other things that actually aren't even about the comparisons. It's just, is it? Oh yeah. I, yeah. I could be telling myself a story about maybe what do some of the past behaviors indicate? So it could like show up like yellow flags or red flags maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some of those knowings are so important, right? Because for so many different reasons, we may have these stories that kind of run through our beings, run through our souls. Some of them may even have been passed down generationally. Mm-hmm. And they and may, some of them are right. Some of them yes. are right. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not for me to say what's right for you. Right. right. It's only for you to say what's right for you. Mm-hmm. And some of them may are they like, we need to sit with them to figure them out. Each individual, we need to sit with them. Mm -hmm. So you could, you could be telling yourself a story like, well, is this person's value system aligned enough with mine because of this past? Or is this, you could be having questions about like, oh, does this indicate some danger in the future? And I think that's worth, if you're having those kind of questions, I really want to encourage you to really take your time and reflect and think about, hey, is this something my, my inner wisdom is really trying to tell me about this that's super important for me? Mm -hmm. Or is it that I'm telling myself scary stories, you know, to keep myself from being vulnerable or something? Mm 
Right. And to, to Jules, what you were saying to, to trust that tune in to yourself, to your own perspective, trust what your gut is saying and don't stay in a, I don't want to say bad. Don't stay in a relationship that you're seeing red flags because you're afraid of the grief of the breakup. Mm. You have Amen. to take that step. And, and if this is the case, right. And if it's true for you, then you end it and you deal with your pain and your grief um, rather than the avoidance of it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yep. We're back at grief again. We're we back always get back man. there, don't we? We do. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast about relationships where you will face grief (laughs) on a regular basis. (laughs) All right. So what's the skill here? The skill is, is a deeper listening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think the skills twofold because I think it's different for the comparison version Mm -hmm. versus the, the uh, piece around um, red flags. Red flags, red like flags, what, if it flags. Is? what if it really is like, mm-hmm. it could be. I don't know. I'm not in your life. I don't live with you day to day. So for the comparison one, I have your skill. It is radical self-love, baby. Mm, I love when and you I talk am about borrowing this one. that language, yeah. right? I'm, I'm borrowing that Sonia language. Renee Taylor. Sonia Renee Taylor. She is amazing. If you don't know her, read her. She wrote The Body is Not an Apology. She is a poet mm. and an activist. She's amazing. And um, radical self-love is the answer to comparison. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. Yeah. And the more you can be in that space with you, the more abundant you will know that love is. And the more you can be in that space with you, that abundance will flow out of you towards people around you. So if you're in a space where you tend to tell yourself stories about comparison mm-hmm. and put yourself in a less than position in those stories. Radical self-love is your answer. And that is a practice. That is a skill. And that is a practice. So one skill, I'm enough and I matter. Mm-hmm. Touch your heart right now with your hand and say it. Send that message in. I see you heart. I am enough and I matter. I want to add on to that. Yeah. I'm enough and I matter despite all my imperfections. Yeah. I have worth because I was born. Yep, mm. exactly. I tell myself that every morning. Mm-hmm. I love what's happening right now because I think you guys are right. We have to find the language that sends that tuning mm-hmm. fork of reson- resonance in yep. the middle of our own system. So what I want you guys at home to do yeah. is to take this potpourri we just threw out there and start writing. If you, if this is your journey, if you need radical self-love in your life, you do not have this. Cool. No problem. Most of us don't. Don't worry about that. But start writing what is your phrase, right? Start writing different versions of it. And when you hit the one that you hit and you'll know it, write it on a post-it and stick it on your bathroom mirror and read it every single day. Mm -hmm. It is a skill and it is a practice. And unless you do it, you will not change your neural networks. So skill practice becomes state. There's a ritualization in there Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, a ritualization that one can make up for themselves, a ritualization that I believe ritual has this really intense and beautiful purpose 
of helping to ground us into ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so you could borrow rituals that others have, but really when we create rituals for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can borrow it and model it and, and just do that. Or you can create it out of nowhere. Yeah. And both are great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the second skill is the, yeah. sitting, the sitting with, right? The sitting with yes. kind of like, what are those flags that are showing up for me? What are those stories? How much, um, how much do I need to know about them? And Jules, I think you said this before we started recording, but this piece about your heart brain and your belly brain. Yeah. You want to talk into that a little? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This has a lot to do with trusting your inner wisdom. So something I like to do when I'm sitting with one of these kinds of stories that I may be projecting, it may be really about fear of my own vulnerability, or it may be about um, fear of getting, you know, closer with my partner. And I tell myself a story of danger to kind of keep, keep, him at arm's length, right? But I could also be telling myself a real story that is very grounded in reality and that my gut brain and my heart brain are telling me, wake up and pay attention to this one because maybe our value systems aren't aligned or maybe um, we are in a dangerous space. So having been in a relationship, I have been in a romantic relationship. It was a dangerous space. And I was not able at that time in my life to listen to my heart brain and my belly brain. And had I been, I probably would have paid attention to red flags and walked a lot earlier than I did. So I don't want to discount those. So here's what we do is we just pay attention to the inner visceral space in our body And we just ask, okay, what's up? If you stopped telling me this story, what are you afraid might happen? Mm -hmm. And you'll get your answer. What a beautiful place to land. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even though it brings us back to grief again. It might. Mm -hmm. It might bring you to the fear of being closer. And it might bring you to grief. It may be, I love how you said it, Vicki, that we don't stay in a space with red flags all over the place to avoid the sadness of breaking up. Mm-hmm. The avoidance of that grief. Mm-hmm. And it will hurt. I mean, I guess it might not if you don't really care about the relationship, but if you're asking the question, you probably do care about the relationship and you feel this inner conflict and you'll be sad. Of course. Mm-hmm. Well, there's love there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not, it could, it could be not even dangerous. You know, I'm talking about the dangerous ones, but it could just be, wow, my whole system knows our values are so far out of line yeah. that we're going to run into trouble down the road. That doesn't mean there's not love there. Correct. Right. But it still may not be the right for you. Yeah. So if you're telling yourself a story about somebody's past that's more like sending danger signals or like something's really off here signals instead of comparison signals, eh, listen inside mm-hmm. and just, just ask your inner wisdom to show you what it's afraid of. 
So we'll see you again next time. Take care. Bye-bye. That wraps up this week's episode. Join us again next week for another Why Does My Partner? We hope that you continue to listen wherever you get your audio and that you'll follow the show. To go deeper, join us at our boot camp. You'll find the next date at whydoesmypartner.com. Did you know you could ask us your question? Your questions are relational gold. Go to whydoesmypartner.com to either write in or record your question for a future episode. We want to tell you more about our sponsor, Therapy Wisdom. Jules is one of their amazing educators, and you can also find teachers like Janina Fisher, Bessel van der Kolk, Deidre Fay, and Akila Riley Richardson, plus a bunch of people you might not have heard of, but will definitely want to start following once you take their courses. And because you listen to us, the Therapy Wisdom team is offering a secret code to give you free access to one of my one-hour wise conversations. Use the code WDMP at checkout. If you're a licensed therapist, coach, healer, or someone who's invested in doing the deep work of personal healing and want to learn about topics like neurobiology, supporting trauma healing, incorporating intersectionality and somatic work, then this is the place for you. Discover some of the most heart-led and quality courses available in a community of people who are invested in spiritual growth, equity, inclusion, and developing expert-level clinical skill. Visit therapywisdom.com or click the link in the show notes and use the WDMP discount code. Thanks, Therapy Wisdom. We love you.